0: Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Mergermarket and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. This week we're talking about European private equity activity. We just got off to a record-breaking start in 2021. I'm joined by William Kane, Senior Analyst for Deal Reporter, and Jonathan Klanowski, Research Editor for EMEA at Mergermarket. Hi, Will. Hi, Jonathan.
1: Hi there. Hi.
0: So, Jonathan, starting with you, can you set the scene? What have you seen so far this year in twenty twenty one in terms of private equity deal making?
2: Yeah, um, it's a really interesting trend in, in private equity. Actually, I mean, if, if we first take a look at twenty twenty, despite you know all of the you know everything that happened um, with global deal making, private equity was still Fairly robust, um, and actually reached its highest uh, highest point by value and volume since the financial crisis last year. And that trend has just continued into 2021. So we've actually reached the highest year-to-date point by both value and uh, by by value on merger market record this year. Um, we've seen a number of uh, high-valued transactions by private equity firms. Um, and that, so it's basically just a continuation of trends that we've seen over the last few years, um,
0: continue into this year. But there's one watermark that hasn't yet been exceeded. Can you tell me what that is?
2: Yeah, so that's the largest um, LBO that, um, in, in Europe. So that's still the, um, the KKR-backed. Uh, take private of Alliance Boot back in 2007. Now, we've had some deals that have been fairly close, and we've seen private equity firms continue to make these huge transactions, you know, over 10 billion. But that's, you know, that's still one watermark that we haven't quite broken yet.
0: And Will, coming to you, how close is that deal to being broken or that, that watermark to being broken? And which are those deals that are coming close to it?
1: Well, I think. That uh, clearly the Walgreens uh, Boots takeover by uh, by KKR uh, back in uh, 2007 w- was a, a, a really exceptional transaction in the era that it was um, that it was completed. You know, right before the financial crisis in a uh, LBO boom in, in private equity. Um, What we've been seeing are similarities, um, to that period in time, um, today. So last year, um, there was a a huge, uh, carve out of a Tyson Krupp, uh, subsidiary, Tyson Krupp Elevators, um, which was bought, uh, by a private equity consortium for 17.2 billion. So just a few hundred million lower than the, uh, boots, uh, take private. And we're also seeing evidence um, of of other really substantial transactions kind of in in, in the 12 months following that um, that, that Tyson Krupp deal as well. So we're getting really close um, and uh, it's really probably only a matter of time before, uh, you know, we kind of exceed those pre-financial crisis levels.
0: And so what are the other big targets on private equities radar? Are they focused mainly on those large cap deals or is it across the size spectrum?
1: Well, what we've been seeing, and uh, Jonathan, I think, uh, kind of covered this a little bit in his earlier point, um, is that there is a deal making surge in the kind of uh, large cap uh, bracket for, for private equity funds at the moment. So, you know, historically, a lot of the deal-making is, is kind of small. Uh, kind of mid-market uh, deal making, but we've seen a real surge in um, you know deals between the one billion and five billion threshold, which has driven the, the deal values uh, year to date up, and is evidenced by the kinds of stories that you'll all be seeing in the news um, at the moment about private equity bids for listed companies, and there are you know a huge number of those um, uh, being announced almost weekly um, at the moment. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, your point around what are the big targets there is one deal in the market which could possibly exceed the boots um the boots take private and that is kpn KPN received bids from private equity which it rejected um, a couple of months ago and there's a bit of uncertainty as to whether those private equity companies are going to come back with improved bids but if they do uh, bump their offer for KPN and succeed with a transaction, then that would be the largest uh, ever take private in Europe uh, by a private equity fund.
0: And Jonathan, coming back to you, what's the average deal size? We've touched on some of those large cap deals, but what's the average deal size and how does that compare to previous years looking at private equity takeovers?
2: Yes, I think, I mean, this is something that Wilders has kind of just just alluded to with that, um, um, with the average deal size increasing. So This year, it's, it's skyrocketed up to around 500 million. Um, obviously we've still got six months to go, but that's higher than, than all previous full year averages. I mean, just to compare last year was, was around 325 million. Um, and, you know, in the middle of the, just before the financial crisis, um, it was again around 300, 330 million. Um, so as i said there's still there's still a few months to go this um but that's i mean that's you know one of the main reasons as to why uh private equity um, activity has skyrocketed to the level that it's that it's at today
0: and kind of building on that what's driving this trend in in big deals being undertaken by private we we know that they've been sitting on record levels of dry powder for some time is it that the main driver
2: yeah i, th- I think it is i mean even, even during the pandemic, we saw that fundraising was still, uh, was still fairly healthy for, for, for private equity firms. As, um, as you said, we know they're sitting on record levels of dry powder and that's, that's money that they need to deploy. Um, and I think we've, we've also kind of got this perfect storm where you've, um, as Will alluded to earlier, you're, you're getting these corporate carve outs. You're getting, you're getting corporates looking to, looking to, Divest certain areas of their of their business that might be a that need a little bit of love and care and and that's you know and um, that's perfect for, for for private equity firms. It's something that we've seen over the last um over the last few years and some of these uh, you know some of these companies like the like the Tyson Crook deal last year um
1: are, are really quite sizable.
0: And will any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think um, that. Uh, the, the, the initial driver, because I mean, uh, as well as seeing a lot of deal value uh, and, and volume in, in this uh, first half of, of 2021. And bear in mind, that's against a very kind of weak first half of 2020 where there was very few deals. Um, but I mean, notwithstanding, it is record levels, I think, Jonathan, um, uh, 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 this, this year to date. Uh, so I think there was a bit of a glut, particularly in the second half of, of, of 2020, where a lot of deals weren't done. Uh, because of coronavirus, uh, first half of 2020. So so there was a bit of a backlog for them to get through the dry powder, you know, record funding levels, which is also kind of a knock on from, you know, ultra low interest rates, uh, very loose liquidity from 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 central banks and also uh, quite substantial uh, stimulates, you know, uh, fiscal stimulus from from governments is, is driving um, asset prices Higher and creating quite easy uh, financial conditions. Uh, at the same time, a lot of businesses on the stock market in particular are still really trying to recover from the economic fallout of the, of the coronavirus pandemic. So, when you have low prices in some areas of the market and you have really um, easy financing conditions and lots of capital available, that's the kind of as, exactly as John described perfect storm for uh, deal making opportunities and, and private equity. Um, buyouts in particular.
0: And can we look at which sectors are experiencing the most activity? You've mentioned the Tyson Krupp deal a couple of times. That's a huge deal for Tyson Krupp. I know it's something they've been looking to do for some time. Which sectors are are seeing that activity and will we see more huge carve-outs like that? And if so, which industries will that be in?
2: So I think... um I mean, it, it seems as though I, I say this every, every time we talk about any sort of trends, but it's tech. You know, it's, um, it's, you know, corporates and private equity firms alike are, you know, are always looking to invest in tech at the moment. And I mean, if, if we look at the data, it's, it's a, it's just over a quarter of private equity deals have targeted the tech sector. Um, but you know, as well as that industrials, business services, uh, pharma medical and biotech, you know, they're the they're the sectors that um that the private equity firms have have continued to look in. It's those those traditional sectors. Um again, I mean like like industrials I think uh we've seen we've seen a few carve outs there and consumer as well. Um but yeah it's still it's still tech which is the which is the main driver.
0: And so that leads me on to the kind of final area. Can it continue? What are you expecting to see for the rest of 2021 and going into 2022?
1: So um, I think it's been a very fast start to the year. It'd be incredible if it did continue at this pace. I think what uh, John is, uh, you know, uh, is, and, and, and his colleagues um, on the data side have, have been working on uh, shows that it's it's reasonably likely that a lot of records are going to be shattered in 2021 um whether you know 20 the, the second half can kind of keep up this the pace that we've seen so far um i think i think it would I, I think it'd be quite a big um ask but um you know given the kind of market environment that we have at the moment uh you know you wouldn't want to, want to rule it out
0: and I guess there are lots of unknowns at the moment. We've got the job retention schemes, we've got the fiscal stimulus, those things coming into an end. And so the impact of, of that on the currently booming economies, we don't know. And that might have a, a negative impact on deal making towards the end of this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, potentially. But then, I mean, you've got to remember, we, we alluded to it earlier about the um, the levels of fundraising with private equity. And, you know, that's, that's money that needs to be deployed. Um, we've seen that, deals in that sort of 500 million to a billion range, is um, there's there's a lot of competition there. And that's why we've seen private equity firms look to spend a little bit more um, to be able to deploy that capital. So, you know, private equity always seems to find a way um, through, these, through these times.
0: And would you say that private equity funds are changing in terms of their approach and their strategy?
2: um yeah I, I i think they kind of have to just by the you know by the very nature of the fundraising with uh there's i think with these larger deals we might see we might see companies held for a little bit longer um it's certainly um it's certainly something that they need to think about in terms of an exit strategy later on because you know if they were to sell it there's there's only a limited number of Of potential buyers, so yeah, I think I think there are certainly a lot of questions for 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 private equity firms to to ask themselves going forward with this. You know, certainly with this level of fundraising and the and the changes in
1: in in investment that we're that we're seeing.
0: Great. Any final thoughts from you, Will?
1: Yeah, I would just add on that um, that we've definitely seen um, we've seen an an element of the of change. You know uh, that John mentioned in terms of the strategy, where are they deploying their capital? So th- there are slight changes there because we are seeing a lot more tech deals than, his, you know, th- than we might have done historically. And uh, and then other sectors like industrials and chemicals, for example, are still quite strong. Um, there's been a uh, you know, reduction, big reduction in consumer deal making um, because of uh, the obvious challenges that you know, retail, for example, faces. And then we've also seen some change in strategy as well. As the uh, you know, as, as the as the cycle has progressed from the start of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, where I think uh, private equity take privates in particular were being focused very much on deals they could, you know that that could definitely be done. For example, where PE's or funds already had a stake in a listed business, which they could take private opportunistically at a good price, um, and. Uh, and, and, and they've also been having to contend more with dissident kind of shareholders, essentially, who, who have seen, who saw the first few take privates go through uh, last year and, and the markets rebound, who, who've now become a little bit sceptical. Whenever they see a private equity fund making a bid for an asset which is struggling, there's now a lot more resistance from shareholders. And so private equity funds are having to do things like hostile um, takeovers, or using other strategies to, um, to, to, to manage to get their deals over the line.
0: Great, Will and Jonathan, thanks very much.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: That was William Kane, a senior analyst for Deal Reporter, and Jonathan Klanowski, research editor for EMEA at Merger Market. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast presented by Merger Market and c Intralinks. Please rate, review, and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market News Alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.